This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics you need to start your investing journey. Are you joining us for the very first time? Is this the very start of your investing journey? Well, before you dive into this episode with us, our feed is designed to go from the very beginning. So we strongly recommend that you scroll up and start at episode one. However, if you are feeling brave and just want to dive in, don't let us stop you. Here at Get Started Investing, we unpack all of the jargon and the confusing bits. We hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating, and we have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be with you again. Very pumped for this episode. Very excited. We are speaking to some beginner investors and hopefully breaking down some barriers. Sitting down with people at various parts on their investing journey always provides us with the opportunity to help break down some barriers and unpack uh, sort of situations along the investing journey that really help the get started investing community. This episode is proudly brought to you by Sharesies, who are helping to create financial empowerment for everyone. Their vision is to give someone with $5 the same investment opportunities as someone with $5 million. You can choose from over 8,000 companies and exchange-traded funds on the Australian, US, and New Zealand share markets. Buy Sharesies or portions of shares on the Sharesies platform from just one cent. And uh, Ren, we're going to chat to Alana and Maddie in this episode, who are both at different parts of of their journey, very early on in the piece, uh, just to get a sense of uh, where they're at and to unpack some major barriers that they're facing. Um, We know that everyone starts somewhere and that being a beginner has really never stopped you before. You went driver's license. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And if people haven't seen the Sharesies ad, being a beginner has never stopped you before, do yourself a favour and go and watch them. Yeah. Some of the best investing ads yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Not that I don't mind plastering public transport, but <laughs> I think uh, share, uh, we watched the Sharesies ad and we were annoyed because we were like, this is what we should have made. We were inspired. We were inspired. <laughs> yeah. A little bit inspired, a little bit annoyed. They're very funny ads. So, um, But I think they really capture the vibe of what we try and do on this show, which mm. is stop you know, everyone can be an investor and the idea that we have of who an investor is needs to change. Uh, We need to break down those barriers and we need to think of investing as just an important life skill as driving a car or learning a musical instrument. (laughs) Playing the saxophone. Playing, you know, just, just, it's a skill that we learn and everyone can learn it and should learn it. So Sharesies, kudos on the advertising campaign. Yes. I mean, we've spoken to a number of, I guess we call them real investors uh, over our time and excited to crack into some again today. So we're going to chat with Alana and Maddie um, to kind of set the scene, get an understanding of where they're at on their investing journey, help them through some of the initial questions that they have. They're both really starting to think about growing a portfolio, but um, really feel like they don't uh, know what next step to take. And then 
Uh, we'll check back in with them in a couple of weeks' time to see uh, if they've made any progress or if they're still facing the same barriers that they are in this conversation. So, What we um, should do at some point is actually embody the Sharesies ad and find a saxophone player who wants to learn to invest. <laughs> we do the initial episode, then we try and learn the saxophone and the saxophone <laughs> player learns to invest and then we come back. That's it. Okay, all right. Well, we'll take that as another. Maybe if we edit that out when we actually do it. <laughs> So let's hear from Alana about her investing journey. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. We're very excited. We go a long way back, uh, Woolies days. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not looking forward to 25 minutes of Woolies chat here. So. <laughs> don't worry, we, we never talk about Woolies, me and Bryce, That's so true. you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> That's actually very true. But Alana, um, when we reached out over, uh, when we reached out on Instagram to ask our community if anyone would like to come and sort of share their journey on the show, you put your hand up and we're very appreciative of, of that um, because it's these sorts of conversations that always help um, our community, I guess, feel more confident where they're at. So let's kind of set the scene as to where you're currently at on, you, on your sort of journey of investing. How would you describe your level? Where are you at? I'm at ground zero. So I have absolutely no level of investing. Yep. I, as I mentioned previously, I, 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 in 2018, I decided to jump on the Bitcoin journey. Uh, no, I don't have a full Bitcoin as I won't be sitting here. I, I got a little bit in there, but that's that's as much as it goes and that's as far as I've been. And I suppose that's where I'm like, for me, you know, I'm, I'm very black and white. I can't deal with the gray in between. I'd rather someone just tell me where to invest um, and I'll go do it, <laughs> whatever the repercussions will be. Um, but... <laughs> That doesn't mean I'll jump off a bridge if you tell me to, but uh, so I'm at definitely ground zero um, with regards to investing and yeah, 35, I need to start sooner rather than later for sure. You know, you've obviously followed uh, Equity Mates on Instagram and what, what's got you to this point? Why do you feel you want to start investing now? You know, as the world we know it and what we grew up in is very different to what our parents knew. My parents had... Uh, once done an investment for a friend and my mum my turned around and said to me a few months ago, I will forever be grateful for, to him for that. And I spoke to me, I was like, well, in my head, I was like, why didn't you tell me about this? Like sooner, why Why am I only having this conversation now? And then now I'm at that point where I'm like, I need to invest. And nowadays, you know, you can invest in property all, all you want, but you need all that money and funding behind you. Yeah. And obviously coming from the UK, you have to have start all over again from scratch. So for me, this is kind of actually, you know, it's opportunity right on my feet without having to do all the legwork. Um, and that's why I, I want to start investing to also have that ability um, long term to top up, I say top up my super, but have that that available, but also to give to my kids and give them that opportunity, God willing, that I have some. Don't worry, there's no mini me's running around just yet. <laughs> um, I don't think the world's ready for that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but yeah, just just to have that opportunity and flexibility and potentially to happen, as, you, as people always say, you've got to be in it to win it. And if you're not in it at all, then how can you win it? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so uh, you've made the decision that you you want to get started. How have you found that experience? What have what have been some of the challenges, or I guess the barriers that you you're facing? 
the main thing is I don't understand it, right? And it doesn't. I can listen to podcasts and read. I'm not a book reader, I'll be honest with you, but I, I understand the concept. But when it comes down to the companies, what's the right company to invest in, and who who to invest, you know, and why? And I just kind of go. I switch off. Like I get bored. Uh, like it's not. It's not a me thing. And I don't know where it's going. And also, I think. You know, is it safe to put your money into into onto an app? Or, you know, is it going to be high, say hijacked? Fraud, you know, defrauded? Is someone going to take it all from me? Mm. Or, all all those sort of things. You never know, right? I think it's anything in life, but I I think there's been a few barriers. It's just I don't know, and it's taking that leap into the unknown. And that's it's like going to the gym, right? Like it's it's hard, but once you get go, once you get the hardest thing is starting. But once you get started and you get that momentum, then you keep going. I think it's the same flight here. Like you don't know, you, it takes ages to get started. You procrastinate over it, have every reason not to. But then once you get started and start playing around in the sandpit, then you probably get going and start to understand it more. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that gym analogy is the perfect analogy. You think about the first time you ever walked into a gym and there's a whole bunch of people that are bigger than you, lifting weights in ways that you don't know, or sitting on machines and moving them in ways that you you don't know how it works. And then you think back to that person, and now you walk into a gym and you sort of know how everything works, and it's it's relatively simple. <laughs> um, and I. I think it's a good analogy, but it's just, you know, getting people to do that first workout, take that first step is is the real challenge. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Let's go back a step. You you mentioned that you want someone to just tell you what to do. Have have you thought about like a financial advisor? And if so, how'd that turn out? If not, um, is there a reason not for doing that? Uh, no, I haven't. And to like, it sounds all too serious for me and more money. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, yeah. Not, like yeah. you know, I think to myself, oh, I've got to pay someone to tell me where to invest my money. That's more dead money going to someone to tell me where to yeah. do it. And then, yeah, I also, it sounds really serious. Like I don't want them to have the expectation that I'm going to use it, you know, that whole thing with, like kind of subscription fees, I suppose. Yeah. You don't know how much you're actually going to get out of it and that kind of puts me off at that all because I don't understand, it, I suppose, it all. No, that, that's a fair call. I think um, for a lot of us, it um, it definitely feels like that. The, the cost of paying for a financial advisor feels hard to justify at this stage. Mm. Let's sort of talk about some of your immediate barriers so to see if we can try and get you going. So I downloaded the uh, Sharesies app yep. just to... Uh, have a have a butchers and see what's what and i've got some good stuff on there like learn the basics and that got me up to you know the um understanding some like what does even asx mean you know like (laughs) he talk about it all the time and just trying to understand what does it mean within those things that was kind of cool um to read that i suppose one thing that i was sitting there thinking about looking at is what's a good amount to invest for like first time, how much to start investing. So two things there probably. Let's start at the how much to invest because I think this is a, a, a question that so many members in the community always get stuck on and for a long period of time, everyone thinks that you kind of need to be rich to start investing. Like you need thousands of dollars to make investing worth it and um, that's certainly not the case these days. You mentioned shares is there and they – 
have the ability to invest with as little as one cent into companies in the US and Australia and, and New Zealand. And there's um, micro investing apps out there, for example, Raise that'll let you start with cents as well. So there's no like perfect dollar amount. And I think you touched on it. The most important sort of, I guess, behavior f- from my experience is actually just getting money in the market, playing in the sandpit, like you said, and that could just be with 10 or 20 bucks. So you get a feel for how the app works or you just understand what it's like to have money in the market. And then next minute you'll be Warren Buffett. <laughs> I think I, I think that's a, a, few, a few years down the line, mate. I hope I don't get that bald and old. Uh, it's too soon. Hey, what, what's wrong with being bald? <laughs> Rent, Alex bald, by uh, the way. Mate, I'm, I'm a woman, all right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to torture this gym analogy a little bit more, and it's like. You know, people are like, I need a lot of money to start investing. It's, you, you know, you go to the gym the first time, you're not doing, you know, a full workout and you don't know how everything works, but you can just duck in for five minutes and do one exercise. And with sharesies and a bunch of these online brokers, you can just put a dollar in, a cent in, mm. into a company that you know and, and sort of see how it all works. But that's pretty new. Like even when Bryce and I started in, well, when we were at uni sort of, what, 10 years ago now? Yeah. We're getting older like that. and balder. <laughs> um, we had to save up 500 bucks. That was the minimum. So it's pretty cool how quickly it's all it's all come down and these platforms are making it more accessible. To bring the other point you mentioned, like what the ASX, you've heard about it, what is it? And you you touched on earlier, you know, the, the not knowing what company to buy and kind of where to start and another great sort of fit, a product that has emerged they're called ETFs, exchange traded funds. And the ASX is essentially the Australian stock exchange. It has all of the publicly listed companies in Australia listed on the stock exchange. And what these ETFs do or exchange traded funds is you can invest in essentially a basket of stocks, which gives you exposure to 200 stocks or 300 stocks in one trade. And that really allows you to get diversified exposure across a number of different companies without you feeling like you need to be Warren Buffett and choose one stock. So it's something that's become really popular with beginner investors and um, yeah, happy to talk through that more, but um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that kind of leads into, yeah, my question I was actually going to say how many. So obviously it doesn't matter how much, but then how many of each. So say if I go to one particular to invest and then they, and then you kind of go, well, 30 bucks for one. Well, how many is worth buying, you know, and what would you say is your tipping point? It doesn't actually, quantity doesn't really make a difference. If you put 50 in or 500 in, you're still going to get the same like percentage return. Yes. So personally, I've never invested based on I want 10 shares in ANZ. I've just said, this is my investment amount that I'm prepared to put into the market and I'll get what I get. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I, I'm sure professionals might look at it a different way, but $20 or 200 or 2000, um, there's no like magic answer for that. It's just get the money in and, and start building that, that portfolio up. So I think yeah. getting sort of stuck on how much is the right amount and, and how many is the right amount, it shouldn't be something that you're concerned about. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think, I think, um, everyone starts with one investment as well. That's, you know, however, or however experienced you are, you start with one. With the ETFs that Bryce was speaking about, you don't need to go beyond the one because 
you know, if you buy an ASX 200 ETF, there's basically 200 companies in that. So you've bought a little bit of 200 things. Um, so, you know, Warren Buffett, we mentioned him before and his beautiful hairline. Um, he, when he dies, um, he said he wants 90% of the money he leaves his family to go into just one thing. And, American ETF that tracks 500 American stocks. So for him, you know, how how many investments he's leaving for his inheritance? Well, it's it's mainly just one. It's it's one ETF and that's enough for him. And if it's good enough for him, it's it's good enough for the rest of us. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. I suppose that comes kind of tells dovetails in, sorry, to Shazi. They got like auto invest, mm. which kind of for me when I saw it, I was like, oh, like sigh of relief. Um, and they've got like two different options they have like create your own order this is choose from a range of asx etfs and then it says pre-made orders and they've got the responsible order <laughs> uh, which has four investments and they've got global order that has two and then you can click on them they give you the the four what's in the order kind of thing and then you can auto invest in it i suppose to me like that takes away that because i was scrolling last night through the etfs and and everything that's on here, and there's like 2,000, and I was like, oh, that kind of looks good. Oh, oh yeah, let me read a bit about that. And that's how I, that's, that's what I was looking at. And, and, and they have really good filters on here. I was like, oh, they're quite good filters, you know, you can do it by risk. Like, and, and then you go into companies, whether it's technology or, or whatever you want to go into. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I recognise that name, you know, and I was like, oh, because <laughs> I recognise it. And then also you can filter by how, obviously, their increase you know, what, what they've uh, made and stuff like that. One of my biggest learnings as uh, as a how I invest and, you know, my emotional state and behaviour towards investing is to try and get myself out of the road as much as possible and uh, an auto-invest feature like this is a, a really great way to take the emotion out of investing because it's so easy to have like paralysis analysis and have too many stocks to choose from and then the market might go down so you don't invest and you make all these emotional decisions but I try and automate as much of my investment investing as possible because then it's kind of out of sight out of mind it just ticks away you've chosen a couple of investments and then you know in a year's time or in two years time you've you've probably got a larger portfolio than if you had just tried to play it yourself if that makes sense so yeah, yeah. There, there are other other brokers and platforms as well that allow you to do an auto invest feature but um i i think it's a great a great feature and it's something that we often speak about on the shows if when you get paid transfer that money straight to your broker account and then have that auto invest feature on into a, an etf or two and away you go i think yeah it's it's great i feel like you're reaffirming what I was thinking. So it's kind of, it's good to have this conversation with you because sometimes like, oh, am I getting stitched up? Like, well, are they going to chuck in a, a bad one in there just for the hell of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's also be, let's also be clear that like, you're not going to get everything 100% right. I think, what's the stat, Ren? Like even good fund managers get like seven out of 10 stock picks wrong or something like that. So I think also knowing that there's going to be some investments that don't go so well, but if you're scrolling through and you see names that you recognize or thematics that you're interested in, like that, it's always great places to start that that research process. But just get that money in. Put 10 bucks in or something. Yeah, okay. Awesome. You mentioned at the top as well, 
you know, how do you know the app's safe from defraud and all that sort of stuff? And I can understand that if you've been in the crypto game, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in the crypto space, but compared to the broker space here in Australia, it's certainly nowhere near as common these, these apps and platforms falling apart or, or getting, you know, into, into trouble. So I think the main thing is, uh, there's two, there's two ways that these brokers are set up, um, which is different to crypto. The first is chess sponsored. And basically what that means is even if the broker collapses, the ASX no like has the shares held in your name. So the broker can collapse, but the shares are still yours and the broker, it, it doesn't matter. You can just transfer them out of the, the broker that's collapsing to another one. So that's one model. Mm-hmm. Um, the second model is custodial and basically the broker is backed by a $100 billion, trillion dollar financial institution like a State Street or a Citibank or something like that and they basically take custody of the shares and and hold them on your behalf and... So either way, you're either the ASX is recording it or like a big institution like Citibank or State Street is recording it. Okay. That's a little bit different to crypto where, you know, there's been some famous crypto brokers fall over over the years because the broker just holds it on your behalf. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of other stuff that we could cover. We can have a chat about some resources that I reckon you could tap in as a, to kind of help you along you know, obviously doing some some Googling obviously helps, uh, obviously Equity Mates as well. Uh, Sharesies have some great resources on their website and there's plenty of other great sort of, um, I know you don't like books as you mentioned, but podcasts. But I think, Alain, this is a great point to perhaps leave it. I hope that I think we've been able to at least encourage you to start playing in the sandpit and we'd love to check in in like a couple of weeks' time just to do another sort of 15-minute catch-up to see if you actually have made any investments and if you haven't, all good, and we can chat through why. Because as I said, these sorts of conversations really also just help plenty of other people who are in the same boat maybe take that first step as well. So if you're keen, we'd love to we'd love to leave it there and then connect in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. I think why not? Let's do this. Yep. Let's go the whole hog, do it properly. Nice, nice. one. Love that attitude. <laughs> nice. Let's do it. <laughs> if you have any questions in the meantime, obviously just shoot them through and we can we can have a chat. But um we'll pick it all up in a couple of weeks and see what investments you've made if there have been any. Yeah, for sure. All right then thank you. So, Ren, plenty of questions there from Alana that often get raised uh, from all beginner investors. How much should I be investing? How many units should I be buying? Uh, is my money going to get stolen from the fraudulent uh, accounts that I'm putting them in? So, look, they're all really good questions. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to checking in with Alana in a couple of weeks to see how she's overcome those. Agree. And I don't think we spent enough time unpacking why those questions didn't apply to Bitcoin. So, Reflecting on that conversation, I think that's where we should we should go next time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good conversation. Very excited to check back in. Uh, but Bryce, we now turn to our second investor that we're speaking to today, Maddie. Maddie, welcome to Equity Mates. Thank you for having me. Fangirl moment. <laughs> <laughs> So, Maddie, when you reached out over Instagram, um, I really loved sort of how you um, positioned yourself and, and the, the story of getting to this point of your investing journey. So, for everyone in the Get Started Investing community, can, can you perhaps just let us know uh, a bit about who you are and wh- how you would currently describe your level of investing and where you're currently at? I 
feel like I've come to this quite late, like a lot later in my life. I guess I'm good with money only because I've been forced to be good with money. And, you know, that's just that's just been my life experience that um, I've often not had a lot of it. And so any money that I've managed to make or get, um, I kind of um, I try to be really, really smart with it. Um, but it's also meant that I guess that I haven't had a lot of education around money. And so my knowledge base around how to make it work for me has been pretty much, you know, put it in the bank and save it, which is not amazing. It's not an amazing way to make money. Uh, I'm definitely uh, a beginner. I feel like I'm only kind of just starting to get a feel for it. Um, I'm only just at a point now in the past maybe five years where I actually have some money and I can go, what am I going to do with it? Like, how am I going to um, be smart about this? What has led you to this point? Why do you want to start investing? And I assume when you say you're good with money, you've got that, you know, great money habits in place and you've been able to, I guess, save some some income and, and feel like now you want to put your money to work. What has led led you to start investing? So it, <laughs> it kind of all started because me and my husband tend to take leave together, like holidays together. Nice. And every time we get to the end of it, like, we just get really sooky and I'm like, oh, I wish we didn't have to go back to work and we could just <laughs> hang out forever, you know, like, oh, anyway. Um, but from that, because of that, I guess, for me, it's like, well, how, like, how, how do we make that happen? I mean, him particularly, I actually really love my job um, and I don't have any intention of leaving it. But would I like to be a little bit more choosy and, you know, be able to spend some more downtime with my family and with him? Yes. So, that's kind of where the thought came from. Like, how do we make more money so that we have some more freedom and spend some more time together and do the things that we really want to do together? Mm. The thought process for me particularly, because he's a little bit, he's a bit different. Like, he's he researches all this stuff and he has a self, self-managed kind of super fund. So he's kind of all over, I guess. Me, not so much. Um, but, yeah, I think for me it was more... Like, how do I create wealth? Because I have some resources now and I don't want to waste the opportunity. Like, I'm very aware of the fact that um, I'm in a position where I do have some resources. So I just don't want to get, like, (laughs) further down in my life and go, why didn't I um, take a chance or why didn't I um, make this work for me instead of me work for it, which is kind of where I'm at at the moment. Nice, Mm. love that. Yeah. It's it's a very relatable, um, I guess, story, you know, talking about having good money habits uh, but really focusing on saving and, I guess, not quite knowing where to start with this big bad world of investing or also very relatable wanting more money and wanting to take very long uh, longer holidays I think we can all relate to that (laughs) (laughs) but I guess when you when you sort of turned your mind from focusing on saving to focusing on investing how did you find that were there any particular barriers that you did face or you still are facing that you're, you're trying to work through Yep, definitely knowledge. Um, not having the knowledge base or any, I guess, skills, but definitely not having the knowledge, like not even knowing where to start. I mean, that was kind of why I typed into Google <laughs> beginner investing podcast because I was like, <laughs> where, like, where do I even begin? You know, my, like I said, my husband has more of an idea, like he does like his own research and stuff like that. But um, he, I don't think he's an amazing teacher. And so, you know, when he starts to talk to me about it, I kind of just 
like my eyes glaze over. And that's, I just, I needed some knowledge because I just felt like I don't even want, know what I'm doing. Like when I thought about investing, I thought it was gambling. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I, it, I kind of just thought it was like gambling, you know, and I guess that comes from my only knowledge being like, <laughs> like a wolf of Wall Street yeah. type, you know, like you're like, oh God, this is really intense with the cocaine and the yelling. And I'm, I'm not sure like, yeah, I, 100% was the barrier was me going, I don't even know where to start. I don't understand how investing works, any of the terms. Like, I, I think on that gambling point, the other thing that we often speak about is um, when a stock market crashes, it is first story on the news. Like every newspaper, yeah. every TV, yeah. radio is talking about the stock market crashing. But what, yeah. what is never reported is the slow grind back upwards and then beyond <laughs> where it crashed from because – just doesn't make good headlines. Yeah. It's kind of boring. <laughs> that is a barrier. Yep. Is perhaps one of the biggest barriers that people face in our community, or when we ask what was the, or what was the biggest myth? I guess is also the other part that comes out. It's that you didn't need to know as much as, or you didn't need to know everything to get started. And there are plenty of ways to learn. Companies offer plenty of resources. I think what you did started by the started Googling is a great way to get started. Companies like Shares is on their website have um, great learning tools and resources. And um, yeah, how did you actually overcome that barrier? Like to actually get to this point now and know that it's not like gambling and doing a bit of Googling, <laughs> like, do you feel like you have a base knowledge now that you can take that next step? For sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so for me, it was... And I'm not trying to sound like a sap. This is just the reality. Like for me, it, it was literally just listening to your podcast. I, you know, I love reading, but I don't love reading like um, nonfiction. So, you know, if someone was to give me a book about investing and go read this, say two months ago, I would have been like, oh, I am not doing that. Like, uh, no, but. I listen to I listen to books as well, but I also listen to podcasts. Like my thing is at the end of my work day, I'll get up and I'll, you know, cook or I'll tidy up or whatever. And I always just put my AirPods in and pick something to listen to. And so when it was very deliberate when I typed in podcasts, because I wanted to be able to just listen and I wanted it to be I wanted it to be um, foundational stuff. I really needed like talk to me like I know nothing. And it was really, yeah, it was great. Like I found your podcast and I just listened to it like three or four times a week. I just started listening to it and it really helped. Like I'd, I'd talk to my husband uh, at night. I'd be like, I know what a dividend is. And he's like, oh, that's great, babe. You know, like, and that was really exciting for me, actually. Like I felt really excited to learn something new. And I guess something that I never thought that I could wrap my head around like I kind of have always had this idea that you need to be into finance or like good at maths and I'm sure there's part of it but I, I you know like I just I thought maybe it wasn't for me so it was kind of so exciting to go oh my god this actually is understandable and it's not hard like you know um, I, I get I understand what you're saying so yeah super 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 helpful um probably 
moving forward. Um, I'm still on the get started. Like I've only, I think I only just got to understanding crypto 101, which is like March <laughs> last year. I'm like a whole year I behind. Wouldn't, I wouldn't I, worry about trying to get, get your head around that at the moment. But, <laughs> but I just sequentially, like they just play sequentially. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, but that's kind of where I'm up to. But I guess moving forward, I'll probably I'll branch out. I know you have other podcasts and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it was really more just about getting the, um, that base level of knowledge, which just helped so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like that's a barrier anymore. It, it just was initially, you know. Well, when we reached out to the community for, for these episodes, we did reach out sort of saying, come on and share your journey and let's try and break down some, some barriers together. So let, let's do that. What, what is at the front of your mind at the moment with that sort of next step for you what, what do you feel like you're really trying to, to break down now and I think Ren and I will tr- try and use our own experience if we can obviously yep. we're not experts and there is a very much a do your own research disclaimer here with, with what we might say but um, we can have a chat so yeah what, what's I guess one key barrier that you're trying to break and, and let's go from there. <laughs> so probably that there is a little bit of work behind it and I'm not afraid of work, but it's it's about taking the next step. I feel like I have the foundational knowledge and skills, but the next step for me, I think, is about doing some of the work and going, okay, what do I want to invest in? You know, like, and what does that look like short term and long term? And that's um, there's not a lot of work, but it's something that I need to think about. You know, like what ETFs am I going to invest in? You know, what what is my ethical standpoint? on investing in stocks, you know, what am I really passionate about? Like I kind of almost have to do like a mind map Mm. exercise to, you know, and that's fine. Um, And maybe I don't have to do that, but I feel like I have to do that, if that makes sense. Like I feel like I need to, um, because I'm fairly, I guess that's just the way I am. I feel like I, I need to do some of that before I dip my toe in the water. Let me ask a question. Uh, sure. Have you found a platform that you want to use and have you put any money into the market yet? Um, I haven't. So I downloaded Shazzies yeah. and I um, created an account and I really like it. I think it's uh, super easy, mm. like it is a super easy app. It kind of walks you through the steps. Yeah, I just found it like, wow like online shopping easy, super oh, nice. easy. Uh, like, like, oh God, I could put so much money here. Um, <laughs> well, Ren and I did do an experiment once that we've tried to work out if it was faster to buy socks on Amazon or an Amazon stock. And it was faster to buy an Amazon stock. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. it is as easy as online shopping. <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. I was like, oh, my God. So, look, I really liked I really like that platform, I think, because of its its ease of use. I feel like it's definitely targeted at me uh, and people like me, which is great. But I haven't I haven't tried anything else. Uh, barrier, maybe. Like I have the money sitting in the bank doing just nothing and I know that that's such a waste every day. I guess my, my biggest barrier to moving it over into my wallet and start spending, aside from doing a little bit of work and getting my head around what I actually want to invest in, is maybe my own psychology, which is probably not something that you can help with um, too much. But uh, probably it's a 
it's a big thing for me to overcome to just go it's okay <laughs> like yeah. let it go it's it's all right like you you have the information you know that it's going to do what it needs to do you're definitely not going to check it because you're just going to be lazy once you put it in there so don't stress about it just let it go uh so yeah it's a psychology thing i think sometimes for some people especially me when yeah you, when you don't have it when you've not had it and then you like get it you're like oh i don't know if i want to give it yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, yeah. It, I, I think for everyone, uh, the psychology is such a such a key factor and probably the biggest cause of investing mistakes. Whether you're making your first investment or you're a professional managing a hundred billion dollars, the psychology is different. But your brain gets in the way a lot. Totally. So you you mentioned before the barrier of there's so much choice out there and it's it's getting to the point yes. where it's just the choice is overwhelming and then we talk about the psychology here i think we can sort of tie those two in together because for me the biggest and most important thing is knowing why i'm investing like what my goals are like if i yep. if i'm like i want to triple my money in 12 months because i'm trying to go to europe and i want to do four weeks on a yacht in Croatia like Must Bryce nice. is doing later this year. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a all or nothing, I'm very short-term in my thinking play or it's like longer term, I want to retire earlier, I want to build flexibility into my life. Like that leads to a very different outcome but it also leads yeah. to a very different mindset. Like your psychology yeah. has to be different. You have to be willing to take on more risk. So I guess for me it's like being very clear about what my goals are, what my time horizon is, and then try to make rules on the back of that. And then when I feel my mind wandering or getting excited by the latest cryptocurrency that, you know, everyone in the office is speaking about or whatever, you, you yeah. go back to those rules and you stick to that psychology. So I guess, yeah. have, you, have you thought about uh, investing goals? A little bit, but nothing concrete, you know, like I, I think I've only ever thought short term because I'm not sure if what I actually want is even within my reach, you know, with my level of knowledge at this point in time. So yeah, maybe I am my own worst enemy. I think you you touched on it earlier though, you, you've recognized, well, you mentioned that you feel like you might be a little too late to the party with investing, but I can, that, that that's just totally not true. And I think a first psychological barrier, there's... There's time in the market is is much more important than trying to figure out when's the best time to get in. So the fact that you're now yeah. contemplating it, and just to sort of touch on and close out that that um, second comment you made around feeling almost paralysed by not knowing what to buy, which ETFs, how to think about yourself as a as an ethical investor, and how to match that all to your goals. I think one of my biggest learnings when I got into the market and something that is has become very clear through a lot of the other members in, in the community is that literally putting in a tiny amount of money into anything really is probably what will break that psychological barrier for you. Yep. And, and, not, yep. and then once you are literally in and you've given away that small bit of money that you've had in your bank account for so long and realised that, uh, it's it's all okay, um, then I feel like you'll start figuring all those other questions out as you go. You don't have to know you, you, who you are as an ethical investor. You don't have to have a top 10 list of ETFs to choose from, all those sorts of things before you start. Otherwise, you'll never really get started. So 
That's yeah. something that I've kind of just learned and observed over over the years. And there are many platforms that you mentioned shares is they let you invest with super small amounts of money. I think as little as a cent. Um, there's micro investing platforms. There's other plenty of platforms that allow you to get into the markets with tiny amounts of money. So that would probably be my don't worry necessarily about creating a portfolio before you even have money in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it makes sense, I guess, yeah. I was just going to say, if you're thinking about taking a holiday next year and you've been saving for it, don't put all of your holiday budget into the market <laughs> and hope you're going to triple it and then uh, be able to blow out on the holiday because yeah. we always speak about investing being a long-term game and yeah. you never know yeah. what's going to happen in the next 12 months. So I think those short-term goals are really important to building good money habits, but um, you never know what's going to happen in the next six or 12 months in the stock market. Have you thought about ETFs and those sorts of things? Like, Yeah, I feel like that's probably the easiest path. Yeah, nice. Yeah. To start with anyway. You yeah. know, I think I'm probably down the track. Um, I might go individual and diversify a little bit. Well, let's put it and this way. Warren Buffett, one of, if not the most successful, <laughs> yeah, was a, yes. the most successful investor of all time in our, in our eyes anyway, probably arguably. He has said that when he dies, he wants to put, have all his money put into a, an ETF that just tracks the the US market or something along those lines. Not, 90, <laughs> 90% of his money. 90% but, but of his money into yeah. an ETF that just wow. tracks the US market. So I think that goes to show that everyone dreams of being able to pick amazing stocks and do really well, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with just taking those ETF market returns over, yeah. ten, over 10 years. So yeah. what other sort of things you're thinking through at the moment um you mentioned on our call prior to this that you had a couple of kids where where are yeah where are they at with investing and and the conversations you're having so i've got three i've got um my eldest is 22 and then my my daughter is 17 and my youngest is five so i hope and i think i have passed on some good kind of money management strategies to um to each of them like even my youngest now has he gets pocket money and he has um, spending, saving and grow money. So the grow money will Love go that. into investment. Yeah, yeah. So because I want him to, from this age, like I, I want that to be part of his money management strategy growing up, that it's not just like traditionally it's spending and saving. It's it's also um, putting some money aside to grow, like to make it work for you. Because I didn't know, because I didn't know about this stuff when my other kids were younger, I just did the kind of spending, saving, pocket money thing. But um, now that I'm um, learning and they're still, you know, they're still young, like they're 22 and 17. So uh, I guess it'd be really, for me, I would really like to give them some strategies so that they're not doing this later in life, so that they're doing this like as early as possible. I mean, my 22-year-old is already saving for a house like has a has a massive deposit like he's very focused he knows what he wants and that's really great mm, um mm. so any way that i can give that to them or encourage them you know so i'm thinking like what should they be doing at this age you know um that will help set them up for the future so yeah that's kind of what i want to ask you guys like at, at you know 17 at 22 like what really is some good 
strategies or things that they should be considering to set themselves up now? Well, I think to to start with your youngest and that the story there of splitting the pocket money into thirds has a lot of echoes of Bryce Lesky uh, yeah. in it. When he, uh, <laughs> That's exactly what my parents yeah, did. His, yeah. His parents, really? Yeah, and I bought my first oh. I bought my first parcel of shares in year six. Very cool. Because of that exact philosophy of spend, save, invest. Yeah, and I think, yep. you know, as a as a kid and then as a teenager, you, you probably saw what money in the stock market did and how you had more of it, you know, when you were 18 than when you were 12. That's a really useful thing for a young kid. But I think the main thing is just getting your 17 and your 22-year-old to just understand what the, the stock market is because once you understand what it is, it's so exciting. And yep. I, I think, you know, I grew up in a household where you saved, you bought a house and that was sort yep. of the the extent of your the investments. Dream. Then you paid it off for the next 30 years. And, and there's, no, there's nothing yep. wrong with that. And, you know, like generations of Australians have built meaningful wealth in the Australian property market. So there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, when I, I was living with Bryce in Canberra uh, in a share house and learning about the stock market and you just realise the opportunity to invest in some of the smartest people and the biggest companies do, working on really hard problems and building really exciting things. And all of a sudden, you know, 20-year-old Alec, who was really only thinking about buying a house one day, realised <laughs> that this opportunity is so much more exciting than than buying a house and that then I sort of was captured by it and started started my investing journey started by losing all my money and my first investment but was still excited enough by the opportunity to keep going so I think yeah you know it sounds like your 22 year old has got great money habits saving for a house deposit and I think for me the big thing is how do you get people excited and understanding the opportunity and then hopefully that is the motivation they need to sort of go from there. Yeah, I think your five-year-old son will be thanking you when he's 21 if he keeps getting that money in the market. I mean, as I said before, there are plenty of platforms now that you could probably set up an account under his name. I'm not sure if Sharesies has a kid's account. Um, I know they do have an auto-invest feature, but if you had that $5 just going in over the next or however much you're giving him going in over the next 20 years, he'll, his 21st birthday present, he'll be loving life. Well, yeah, the, the, the great thing, <laughs> yeah. so when when Bryce was six, what year was that? Year six. Oh, when, what year was that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> early, early 2000s, we'll call it. Um, the yep. you, the minimum parcel size was 500 bucks. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, Bryce yeah. is investing the third of the money that he was putting away for investing, he had to accumulate $500 before he could start. Took years. Luckily, he was getting okay. serious amounts of pocket money a week. <laughs> no, no, no. It was 50 cents, do the maths. But, um, <laughs> but the great thing is these days, so many uh, platforms uh, now allow you to start with cents. So, you know, Bryce, if he was in year six today, could be putting his pocket money away every week or however often he got it. So I think that's the great thing for your five-year-old. It's that um, they don't have to save up that initial $500. And you get access to not only Australia but Aussie stocks, New Zealand stocks. It, the game's changed. Amer- yeah, yeah. Um, America. The game's changed since when we started investing. And, yeah, I, I think starting with sharesies or if you get um, your kids to to have a look at some of the micro-investing options, the Rays, the, the superheroes, the you know, the other um, options out there as well. 
you know, everyone's an app guy these days, app focus. So. I'm not. I, I don't use an app. <laughs> I, still, I still use my browser. So, you know. <laughs> he does. It's weird. <laughs> Are there any other burning questions? No. I mean, no, not for now. I think probably I just need to take the next step, which I will, um, and play around and go from there. And I think probably as I start to do more, I'll probably start collecting some more questions. But I think. Um, for now, I think that's it. Like, it, yeah, it's been really great. Thank you. We would love to kind of just check back in in a couple of weeks' time, and if you have the time and the the mental energy, I guess, to have a play around on on Sharesies or whatever platform that you decide to go with, and see if you can take that next step. We'd love to hear how you kind of thought through that and and maybe some of the resources that you used um, to do that, and yeah, just really get a sense of. Um, what it was like to take some of that cash that you've put into <laughs> your bank account and put it into the market. And I, I would stress it obviously doesn't have to be a lot at all if that's something you'd be willing to do because I know that so many people are at this stage in their investing journey and hearing others take that leap of faith is always really encouraging. So we'd appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to come back. And I'm sure plenty of people are listening. Uh, if they've got kids, especially sort of older kids, and they're trying to convince them to get excited about investing, yeah, if you speak to your 17-year-old and your 22-year-old and you figure out any hacks or any <laughs> tips on how to really get them engaged, uh, we'll definitely be hitting you up for those because I'm sure okay. plenty of people are wondering the same thing that you're wondering. Good. Well, Maddie, thank you so much. I know um, you've, you've shared a lot about your journey and we certainly appreciate it and um, good luck over the next couple of weeks. If we check back in and nothing's changed, then so be it. That's that's how everyone takes their journey. But um, we, we're looking forward to chatting again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It's been great. So Ren, similarly to Alana, Maddie is at that early stage of her investing journey and really looking to get the confidence to put some hard-earned cash into the market. And we've all been there, totally understand what it feels like to let go of your, your blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. I'm very excited to uh, see what Maddie says about her kids in the next one because yeah. we get a lot of questions about uh, investing for kids. Obviously, not a life experience that we've had, something that you're going to be experiencing so <laughs> No, no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, obviously something that we can't really speak to with any authority. So very interested to speak to Maddie again in a couple of weeks and uh, hear what her experience has been like. That's um, it. And also how she's found getting into the market. So thank you to Sharesies for supporting this episode. Uh, you can head to their website, sharesies.com.au to find out more information on what they do. They are running a promotion for, for those that are uh, starting as well. Uh, if you'd like more information on that, head to sharesies.com.au slash promotions. And there's some information there if you're looking to, to start your journey with Sharesies. Uh, so remember, being a beginner never stopped you before. I love that uh, tagline. And it's obviously clear that uh, Alana and Maddie are trying to embody that right now. And we're very much looking forward to picking up their story in a couple of weeks time. So Ren, as always, great to chat and we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. 
Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.